0: Well, how's everybody doing? Good, yeah, that's good. Tired, all right. <laughs> yeah, well, it's. I mean, it's always interesting, isn't it? In holidays and long weekends, you know. It's. Uh, um, and I, I thought today would be a great, a great day, to talk on. Um, one of the things you, we hear a lot about these days. I don't know if it's always been the case, but maybe I'm just more aware of it. Um, is breakthrough. We often hear this word breakthrough. And, um, you know, I, I tend to think about these things and think, what does breakthrough really mean? What does that mean, breakthrough? I mean, obviously, there's, there's um, you know, an element of something new or getting through a barrier or resistance. And um, and so I was thinking about that this week. And, and there was one um, particular phrase that kept coming through to my in my mind as I was thinking about this but I couldn't get past the fact that one of the keys that I have learned for breakthrough be it in any area is thankfulness and it seems like the opposite in the time of when we might not be seeing the fruition of what we're wanting to be broken through into the new land or the new area or the greater multiplication or the promotion or whatever it is. Thankfulness feels like to our flesh the opposite to what we really want to do, doesn't it? We actually want to complain. We actually want to make a highlight of how bad things really are for us. And how about how bad our circumstances are, so that we will feel better that we don't feel well and we're not breaking through, and so we often revel in what isn't happening, in in an, in somehow in a weird sort of way trying to attain to the breakthrough by highlighting all of our problems, and um, it's exactly the opposite of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is one of thankfulness, and so. The phrase that kept coming back to me this week as I was thinking about it is Isaiah 61. So why don't we turn there? Isaiah chapter 61. And this is a very, very, very familiar passage probably to most of you. Um, And I am going to read actually from the King James Version because I think it actually says it exactly the way it came into my head. Which is funny because I wasn't really brought up reading the King James. And so... Um, I'm going to read Isaiah 61, um, I think I'll start at verse 2, uh, well we'll start at verse 1, why not put it in context? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. It's very different, isn't it? He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, And the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. And this is the bit that actually came to me this week to give unto them beauty for ashes, and the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And we've probably heard that term many times, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. But when I was reading that this week, it hit me at what an opposing force that's really talking about. Because I don't know, most of you I'm sure are, are like me and there's, there's times or maybe seasons or weeks or maybe even a day, maybe even just a moment sometimes that hits you and there's there might be you think about all the things you've got to do you might think about all the stress going on you might think about things that aren't happening for you you might think about things that are have heaviness attached to them and that heaviness then tries to attach itself to you and so the last thing we feel like doing is then putting on a garment of praise do you know what I mean it's it's when when it's like the weightiness of maybe the circumstances or the situation or maybe something someone said something really, really offensive to you. The last thing and that, that can put a heaviness on it. That can put a spirit of heaviness on us. And it's not our spirit of heaviness, it's what came from maybe those words. The person might not have even meant what, they were, what, they, what came out of their mouths, but it came out. And, and the evil one attaches himself to those words, and he knows that's our weak spot, and so he injects it into us with the spirit of heaviness. And we get caught with the spirit of heaviness then, unbeknownst to that person who said something they didn't even know what they were saying, but the enemy used it. For his purposes. And so we walk around for a whole day sometimes or maybe even a whole week with those words that that person said. But it's not flesh and blood, it's the enemy. And when we recognize that, then we're not, we're not sort of highlighting, oh, that person's got all these issues. They were just acting like an orphan. They were putting me down. They were, you know, it wasn't them. It was the enemy taking their words and putting his orphanness over everything and then stuffing it into us with a heaviness. His spirit of heaviness. And, um, and so when we recognize where the warfare is, it makes it a lot easier to relate to humans, doesn't it? Because if we're always seeing it as that person's problem, that person's problem, that person's problem, that person's problem, before you know it, everyone else in the whole world around us has an issue that we somehow don't necessarily have, but they all have these issues. And so we can end up setting ourselves up in a, in a posture of judgment. And that's not a good place to live, is it? And so um, a a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. This might even be for some of you, maybe last week or maybe even this coming week, this is just going to be a pertinent word for you. Putting on a garment of praise to replace the spirit of heaviness. When that spirit of heaviness tries to come, remember it's not the person, it's the devil. And let's get really clear about that because I think um, sometimes when we just um, nail some of these things really, really clearly, it helps us in, in battling really easily in spiritual warfare. It doesn't take hours to discern where a spirit of heaviness comes from. Now, it may be that there's certain people we have to watch who we're hanging around because maybe there's just a repetitious cycle of heaviness whenever you hang around that person. Well, have a think about that then. You know, maybe we need to discern rightly what we're doing, what they're saying, what they live under, etc., etc. But when it's just one of those times where we just have to recognize, wow, I've just got a heaviness on me and I can't quite place it, then we put on a garment of praise. Now, this... It's funny because even this week, um, and it didn't really have anything to do with footy because, I mean, it didn't really matter who won yesterday, did it, in a way. Um, I know most South Australians were going for West Coast, but, you know, um, ultimately there can be very, very little things that the enemy uses sometimes, very, very minor things. Um, but that, that he knows they might be our weak spot. He, he knows that little thing. It might be, um, I know for me... Uh, When it was when I was in business, it would be if we were tendering on certain projects, and it might only be a a little one that we lost, as in we didn't win, get the order for. But I'd always carry that for a day or two. It's like, oh man, I should have gone in harder. I should have gone in a bit lower. I really should have got that. That's an extra couple of weeks' work for the factory. And and so I'd carry a bit of a heaviness for a day or two, just in the back of my mind. People probably didn't know it, but just a little bit of heaviness, like ah. okay, that, that wasn't good. Maybe I should have done something different. And then I'd actually have to physically go, well, I gave it my best. God knows there's not much more I can do about it. So it's his problem. And isn't it nice when we just hand him our problems? Because you and I can't handle them. We aren't big enough to carry our problems. That's why he already carried them for us. And so... I I love this phrase and I think it's um, a good phrase to remember even this week. And I I love the way this uh, version puts it. To give them beauty for ashes. And I was reading a little bit from um, a a series actually that um, Charles Spurgeon um, preached on this particular passage. And he called this the sacred exchange. And what he meant by that was... In this passage, it's, it's a declaration of opposites. We might feel like we have ashes and he gives us beauty. And we may be mourning, but he gives us an oil of joy. And we may carry a spirit of heaviness, but he gives us a garment of praise. So it's, exact, it's the exact opposite to what we may feel sometimes. It's a sacred exchange. Or other people may say a divine exchange. It's something that we cannot do in and of ourselves. We need the supernatural power of God to exchange our earthliness, our humanity for his divinity to replace our weakness with his strength. And then we can rise up in faith. See, we can't be in faith in the flesh because in and of ourselves, the flesh has no faith. It's the spirit that has faith. So when we rise up in the spirit, we take hold of that sacred exchange and we import it into our spirit and it becomes part of us. You know, when a nation, and unfortunately uh, Australia imports far too much and doesn't export enough at the moment, um, that's a whole trade deficit issue. But if we are people who import a whole lot from heaven, we then become exporters when we import enough stuff and we have a divine exchange, or for our mourning we have an oil of joy, and for our weakness we have his strength, and for our lack of wisdom we have his wisdom and his knowledge and his understanding, we then become exporters of that. Very good. And then when we become exporters we really start releasing the kingdom, don't we? We can see it all around us in, in the way we talk and the way we live. And... It actually goes on in verse four and says, and they shall build old wastes. They shall raise up former desolations and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. And this is what I believe God's heart is for his people, that is us, that we would be so replaced with the, the flesh and the feelings of, of humanity and maybe even the problems. You know, right now, it's, I said it a few weeks ago, it's like it's, uh, you, you can't even get onto um, the internet and look up anything Christian without having complete polar opposites of opinion toward different presidents, toward different guys who are running for president in the U.S., for our own prime ministers, for whether people are pro this or pro that. And it, it's like baffling how far even Christianity can be separated in some opinions, even with the massacre in the U.S. this week. It's like, it's like should they have guns? Shouldn't they have guns? I don't know. You know? And so there's so many differing, differing opinions on this stuff. But the one thing that remains the same is that God has a heart for his people. And he wants to restore what is a wasteland into a flourishing field. And that's what it's talking about here. But he actually says, and they shall build the old wastes. And they shall raise up former desolations. It's talking about us. It's firstly talking about the Jews, yes. But then the Gentiles are extended into the promise. It's a recurring promise. And so... This is something we can partake of, we can recognise that yes, we may not have all the answers to the political issues and ISIS and all this stuff going on around us, but we are called to raise up former desolations. Spiritually, we are called to raise up areas that are desolate, people that are desolate. It may just be one person around us who you know is desolate. You're called to raise them up. And it may not be laying hands on them, prophesying them over every day, but that's not necessarily what they did in the nations either. They went and just gradually rebuilt the walls. They gradually just rebuilt the city. They gradually just went and rebuilt the harvest fields. And just one by one, whoever was gifted, whoever was gifted tradesmen would do this or uh, agriculture or whatever it might be. So whatever your gift is, use that trade to raise up the desolate people raise up desolate areas, raise up desolate finances, raise up desolate health in people. And But we have to carry it ourselves. And to become an exporter, we first must be an importer of the kingdom. And so he wants to give us beauty for any ashes, any ashes that we may carry this morning. Ashes to me depicts some burnt off stuff, stuff that's burnt, it's... it's It's there, it's gone, it's just flaking away of what once looked like really, really good logs, really good trees, alive and well. Now they're just ashes, there's nothing left. You can't really do much with ashes. It doesn't really even burn anymore. When you've burnt so much that you just can't burn anymore, there's only ashes left. And so he wants to bring beauty out of those ashes, out of those scars, out of those hurts, out of that pain, out of those circumstances. He wants to bring his beauty through you. Maybe to other people. Maybe your testimony that you can give out of your ashes is going to touch other people and bring them out of their desolate place into a beautiful place. Raising up former desolations. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. Doesn't that sound good? And the sons of the alien or the foreigner shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers, meaning others will work for you. When we start releasing the kingdom of God and when we start seeing not our ashes but his beauty, people want to come and work for us. It's attractive when people don't hear the ashes coming out of us, but they hear the beauty. And so it may be that there are ashes and there are scars there, as there would be for everyone in this room right now. There would be things in our lives that we could focus very easily on the ashes and the scars and the desolate situation. But then when we, through the eyes like Isaiah did, this prophetic utterance over us, uh, building up old wastes, raising up former desolations, putting oil of joy where there has been mourning. This is a very hard thing to do. I think this is only something that God can do. You know, one of the funny things I've carried over from my business days is following a guy by the name of Tony Robbins. I don't know if any of you Anthony Robbins. He's a motivational speaker, and um, it doesn't sound like any of you know who he is, but anyway, yeah, you do, right? Okay, so anyway, he's a very, very, very high-powered He's Pentecostal without being born again. Okay, actually, he might be born again, but I won't even speak that over him. But uh, anyway, so he has these massive, high-powered seminars where he pumps everyone up, he walks on fire coals, and, you know, really, really highly motivating. And why was I even going to mention that, Rocky? What was I thinking? (laughs) Anyway, um, I think what I was going to say is from, from... Though From my business days, often I would seek after guys like that to see uh, some of their success stories, some of their success or motivation um, techniques. And what I found is that they really, really do work for about 36 hours. (laughs) I mean, they seriously work. You are so pumped up after spending $300 on their DVD series which I did do, or maybe more than that, I can't remember. You know, late at night where they show those infomercials, you know, I just got sucked into one of them. (laughs) Am I the only one in the room who's ever bought anything at that time of night? Anyway, we won't do a show of hands, but I got totally drawn in. It was so motivating. For that day and a half, I was like pumped, you know, and uh, I was saying the one-liners, and I was ready to, to do it all. And then a couple of days in, I'm like, man, I need another, another series. I need another DVD series, you know. <laughs> anyway, so that's what happens in the flesh. We can motivate ourselves for only so long. And I, I still follow these guys. I think they're, they're good. You know, there's no problem in that. And there's a healthiness about staying positive in our mind. But it can only take us so far. Only a sacred exchange of our weakness for his strength is permanent. Only a sacred exchange when we recognize our weakness. See, this is the problem with self-motivating seminars is it's me God, not him God. And so we rise up in and of ourselves and we build ourselves up. And if I can get bigger, if I can get better, if I can control my mind, if I can control my spirit, if I can control my circumstances, then I can achieve. And it it does to a certain extent, but we replace him with us. And when we replace him with us, what do we do when tragedy hits? What do we do when we aren't enough? What do we do when we can't carry the burden? What do we do when we don't have the answer for that person anymore? When the one liner seminar thing doesn't work for that person face to face. You know, one liners in seminars are so good when there's a thousand people. But when you're face to face with a person who says, I've got these problems. What do you suggest right now? It doesn't quite work so well without lights and sound and all the, all the hype. You actually have to look into their eyes. And that's the moment when we know we aren't enough. We need a sacred exchange of him, of godliness, of goodness, of his love, of his mercy, of his righteousness to flow through us so that we can give something to the kingdom of heaven, not the kingdom of man. And you know, it's funny, you you know when you're empty, because someone will come and ask you, what should I do? And you give them the kingdom of man, and you walk away going, oh, I didn't give them what they needed. Do you know what I mean? Maybe no one's ever done that. I have done that myself. And then I know, okay, I need a week of importing, importing the kingdom big time. Because if I don't import enough this week, I'm not going to be able to export. And I know I put a lot of, you know, business terms on things, but it's just lingo, right? But at the end of the day, I realize that sometimes if I haven't got enough of him, I'm going to be giving out of the wrong system. And so that's, for me, I actually find it quite a um, comforting thought to realize that actually, even in all of my effort, it's still not enough. I need a divine exchange. And that divine exchange is what I can give people. That's what I can give this morning. It's a divine, it's something of Him. It's hopefully not too much of me. But coming through that time, it might be that in the last couple of weeks, those thoughts or issues or circumstances have come around where that, that little bit of heaviness tries to encroach. I want to share the story which all of us would know from Luke chapter 17, verse 11, on thankfulness. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And I just want to highlight something here. When the presence of Jesus is really, really evident, maybe when there's an outpouring or revival or or something is happening where there's an increase in in an expectation for the things of God. Everyone will come. Everyone will come and call out and want to partake of that. And that's what we see here. All ten lepers come to the presence of Jesus and want to partake. They want to take something from him, which is not a bad thing. And when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them say one of them when he saw he was healed came back praising God in a loud voice one of them just a, just 10 just 10% one out of 10 see the masses come to 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 get what they need you know to satisfy their need but only one comes back out of thankfulness and Jesus says something really interesting. I've been pondering this all week ever since I read this, and I don't have a final answer for you. I'm sorry. So I'll let you ponder it as well. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. He was from another another area. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? No one has returned to give praise except this foreigner then he said to him rise and go your faith has made you well now it's interesting Jesus says your faith has made you well but what about the other ones they were cleansed as well and so there's something greater that Jesus was saying it was almost deeper and for me I almost took this as almost like a Because he was a foreigner, right? He wasn't a Jew. So it was almost like his faith made him completely cleansed, made him completely well as now a partaker of Jesus. He didn't necessarily have a right to partake of Jesus, but because of his faith, he became a partaker. And so he was cleansed because of that. But Jesus loved his thankfulness. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. I was thinking about this this week, and um, I, was, I actually started going through. I spent a morning just sort of um, outside um, while the kids were watching Transformers for the 17th hour, um, <laughs> three days straight. But <laughs> um, Anyway, um, oh, is anyone with me this morning? Uh, can you stand for a moment? I know it's holidays, but I just, I just. Uh, can you grab hands of the person next to you? I just want to pray. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come right now. We ask you to come and show us how blessed we are, and how incredibly thankful we are to be because of your life given to us, your love. ...poured out for us. Your health put into our bodies. Your breath put into our lungs. Your blood put into our veins. Your restoration. Your beauty for our ashes. Your oil of joy for mourning. So Holy Spirit, I ask this morning... ...for any of us who need a sacred exchange... ...right now is a time for sacred exchange... Give him your ashes. Give him your mourning. Give him your desolate places. Give him the barrenness. Give him your sickness. Give him any depression. Give him any spirit of heaviness. Give it over to him today. It isn't yours any longer. It's not yours any longer. And Father, we ask that you would sweep into this room with a mighty wind of exchange of heaven, a sacred exchange of heaven, that you would rip away a spirit of heaviness. You would wipe away ashes and mourning would just be loosed off any person here this morning. Heaviness, go now in Jesus' name right now. All heaviness. All heaviness, weariness, negativity, go in Jesus' mighty name. Depression, leave today in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we ask for your fiery love to be imported into this room right now. The fiery love of Jesus. Walk among us, touch us, fill us, refuel us, import the kingdom of heaven deeper And deeper and deeper and deeper. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oil of joy. Oil of joy. Oil of joy. Oil of heaven. Healing oil for sickness today. A sacred exchange of Christ's healed body for our sick bodies Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We ask for more. Holy Spirit, come. Come. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, just go on thanking Him. Just go on thanking Him. Go on thanking Him. And then the cleansing is permanent. Then the healing is permanent. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have come and that you heal us and that you refresh us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord, for your blessing, for your life, for your hope, for your destiny, for your promises. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Father, we ask that you would release even more, more of heaven in this house today. More of heaven, more of your touch, Lord Jesus, in this house today. It seems that you like thankfulness, Lord. So we just go on thanking you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this family. Thank you for this place you've given us, for this city. Thank you for our freedom. Thank you for your life and your death and your resurrection and your spirit and your power and your anointing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you for your garment of praise. Your garment of praise. Your garment of praise. And Lord, I pray today for any who may have carried a spirit of heaviness. You would just lift it right now. Lift it right now and put on your garment of praise. Put on your holy garment of praise, a mighty garment of praise. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Even this week, let it be a weapon. Let praise be a weapon. Let praise be a weapon. Let praise be a weapon into new realms, new destiny, new promises, new breakthrough. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you Lord. Yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord Yeah mm. Just keep receiving while we do that we're going to um. We're going to speak a declaration together. I wrote one out. I hope you're okay with that. I think you'll agree with me. And um, I want us to read this out together. I want us to read it boldly and with a garment of praise, right? And just lift off any last debris of ashes or heaviness and release this by faith. All right, so we'll, we'll start now. I am created in His image, God loves me with an everlasting love. He sees no sin in me as Jesus has wiped them away with his blood. No weapon formed against me will prosper. He who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. I am justified, cleansed and made one with Jesus. I am victorious in all he assigns me to. He has given me his love, power, knowledge, kingdom, spirit, victory, anointing, calling, destiny, righteousness, and heaven. He knows every single problem, and he has the solutions. Nothing is impossible for him. He holds the keys to the kingdom, and he calls me his own. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me and empowering me. Go on, let's praise him. Let's give him some praise. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise you today, Lord Jesus. We give you a praise offering today, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yeah. Now just lift your hands. I just want to pray corporately. I think he loves our praise. I think it warms his heart. I think it opens something up just to be fresh and cleansed and made right with him. So Lord, we stand before you today and we know we are victorious because you are. And so we stand in your victory, in your healed body, in your strength In your life. And we ask today that you would release, release a greater measure, a greater measure of your anointing, a greater measure of your kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Release fire in this place right now. Fire in Jesus' name. Fire in Jesus' name. Holy fire in the name of Jesus. Holy fire in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, more, Lord. More, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, even a refreshing today. A refreshing in your presence. A refreshing in your presence. Thank you, Lord. I want the worship team to come up. Just keep receiving if you're receiving. Yes, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want us just to sing that song, No Longer Slaves. and Let's just worship together for a, a few minutes. And if you want to come down the front and and worship, you're quite welcome to do that. And uh, we can pray for you. And, who feels a little bit more afresh now than a while ago? That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's a sacred exchange, right? It can happen every single day this week. Every single day this week, a sacred exchange. It's not you, it's him. It's not me, it's him. And so, Lord, we pray for miraculous exchanges this week, miraculous openings, miraculous conversations, miraculous exchanges this week. Yeah, let's worship together.